Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 21st episode of the Tribal Podcast. I'm in a tank top because I'm feeling good about myself today. I am joined by my co-host, Nicholas O'Brien. How are you doing, Nicholas O'Brien? I'm doing good. I'm comfy. You're comfy? I'm comfy. Yes. I, I like my hoodies. Yes. You like your tank tops. Yes. We are not the same. We are not the same. I'm an Eskimo. You belong on a beach somewhere. Yeah, exactly. What are we talking about? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I had no plan going into this. I gotta how are you? Dog. I feel like you always ask like how I am. I don't you think, never I don't think I ever asked how asked, you're doing. Everyone asks what the dog doing. No one asks how, how the, dog the dog doing. doing. How's the dog doing? I am doing. Barney and Bandit are doing very good. They're two little fluffy babies. Okay, how how are you doing? Barney and Bandit are doing really <laughs> good. <laughs> I am doing wunderbar. Would you like to explain what that means? Good. Okay. I think in German. Uh-huh. I don't know. Don't like it's here. a it's a fun word to say. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> GM meetings. GM meetings. Yay! Baseball, the most not fun season of the year. Yay! <sighs> Let me just preface this with this: we are going to be talking about so many rumors. We know nothing. No one yes. knows anything until pen yes. and paper is signed. Yes. Nobody knows anything. Just remember that. Correct. We can talk about so many rumors. There was so much rumor saying Bryce Harper was going to be a Yankee. Manny Machado going to be a Yankee. That Harper guy would never play first base, by the way. Fuck off. None of that stuff happened. So we could say all the stuff we mean or all the stuff that we're hearing, but that don't take it as the gospel. Oh, yeah. Like, just because we're saying it doesn't mean it's necessarily true. Oh, yeah. So... We yeah. we are simply just regurgitating what, what we've read. People are regurgitating from what they heard from their sources that exactly. probably leaked it to fit their narrative. It's like telephone. It is. It literally is a game of telephone. Exactly. So, that being said, <gasps> going to the Bronx. The Bronx. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to. Where are we? The Bronx, I think. Yeah. We're in the Bronx now. Look at the background. Come on. But, oh, that is that is the. It's, look at the, it's the, the colors. Look at the colors. It's look the at the thing. Colors. Wait, right here you could see, the title, right there over there by you by you you got to do it. <laughs> I feel so bad for people on Spotify. I can't reach. But you could. Can I reach? It's up there. Ooh, Oh, look at those lats. It's up there. I feel bad for people on Spotify. I know. They can't see all they this. They can't see. They can see this is muscles. why you should also watch it on YouTube. Watch on YouTube. Watch on YouTube. Watch on YouTube and Spotify at yes. the same time. No, what you, know you should what? do. I Go. think I know. We're, gonna we're probably going to say the same thing. Go ahead. You mute YouTube but yes. listen on Spotify exactly. for no reason. Yes. Other than to give us double views. Oh, yeah. Only Definitely. reason. The more you watch us. The more we gain, the happier the, we get. The happier we get, the happier the podcast gets. The more content we could put out. Three bananas. What? <laughs> Monkey never. Kramp. Kramp. Anyways, uh, if you know, you know. So, do I start with the big boy thing? Yes, absolutely. I thing? think we ha- we have to. <sighs> Brian King Neptune. Is that it again? The one thing that I could always say about Brian Cashman is he was at least somewhat respectful in the media. That somewhat. Was, that 
That was the thing you could say. Oh, that you could this. say. Yeah. You could say he was respectful and he wasn't bad in the media. Yeah. That changed on Tuesday. That took a turn. So, little preface. Um, GM meeting started, so they're interviewing GMs, all this type of stuff. <sighs> How does your team suck? What, do, what are you going to do to not make your team suck? There are some quotes here. So, one of, and I don't know the order that he said the quotes in. I just, like, put together a bunch of the quotes. Number one, he called the Yankees last year pretty fucking good. I thought you were pretty fucking good. You were two games above 500. not good pal that is not good that's fine whatsoever that's, that's like quite literally average that's that is average as the yankees you were not supposed to be average yeah you can't that is your worst season in a while you can't i know like that's falling in deaf ears mm-hmm. for like mets fans yeah but that's your worst season in a while and you're making it sound like you won 100 games right or like you're like you know like you just missed it like you, you're no, just a piece away you're so off no just Delusional. And then, so are we just gonna like go over all the quotes and then go into it, or are we gonna like talk about more? Dissect it one by one, maybe. Do you want to do dissect it one by one? Sure. Okay, you go with that one then. Ah, you know, yeah. There's not much else to say about that one. Just the arrogance. Yeah, exactly. The arrogance. Very. It's a bad look, to say the least, but I think it gets worse. Oh, it definitely gets worse. <laughs> so, everyone was saying, like, someone asked him, like, um, what the, kind of just, like, they asked him what was his response to people saying the Yankees were, like, too analytically driven. His response was, no one is doing their deep dives. They're just throwing ammunition, ammunition and bullshit and accusing us of being run analytically. To be said, we're guided by analytics as a driver is a lie. By the way, the all the curse words and everything, I'm directly quoting him. Yeah. He is saying this in the national media. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about that quote? Is is, is there a, there's a stat I saw. Did you see the stat? With, does it have to do with the analytic department? He said that they have the smallest analytical department in the AL East. Yeah. You saw the stat? I think so. They have the second biggest analytical department in baseball. Yeah. I think what that classifies as is like is research and development. Yeah. Re- most employees in the reach research and development department. How are you going to say this? Like, it's not like you can like justify that and say like, oh, well, the employees. Are... No, if you have the most employee, the second most employees, there is no way you have the smallest in the ALEs. Right. There's no, that makes zero sense. And I don't think it's. Flex. I yeah, I don't think it's a flex to say, oh, oh we it. have we a got... small analytics department. Yeah, what did that get you? Right. Whether you like it or not, analytics are a huge part of baseball yeah. now, and you need to have a big and good analytics department that help you make decisions. So to it... say that's a small department... Is... Especially over 162, everything averages out. Right. So all that matters... Like, I think playoffs are different. Like, I think analytics yeah. are a lot more important in the regular season than playoffs. Definitely. Just because it's such a longer, like, sample size that you can right. really need. All that matters is the numbers. But yeah. in the postseason, it's obviously it's a lot more very feel. different. Yeah. It's a lot more feel. But, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's... It, I don't think that quote is what he expected the media to get out of it. 
Well, what do you expect to get out of it? Right. That's the other thing. Like, what what were you trying to say? Like, like it's different if you made a point and actually like I had some ground to it. But if you're doing a point and saying that no one is doing their deep dives, then someone does a a deep dive and takes five minutes to do it. I think it was like a sporkle, mm-hmm. or what is it? Um, statistica. Statista. Statista. How do you like pronounce that. it? Yeah. Which like just. For people that don't know, they do like a lot of like stuff with like sport. Is it only with sports? Uh, Whatever with sports, they so. may do other things where yeah. it like goes over like revenues and has like like I've done a lot of like projects using them as a thing. Yeah. Um, as like a source. Very trusted source. Yes. It literally takes two minutes to find that chart, and you're saying no one. Yeah, no one's doing their deep dives because they don't need to. Right. Because it literally takes a Google search. Yeah. If your argument, if you are the GM of the New York Yankees, and you go on and you're adamant about something and you're cursing people out, and your argument can be disproven by a two-second Google, Google search, search, yeah, that is an issue. Yeah, it's a, it's a very, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be saying this a lot, but it's a very bad look. That is a horrible look. I'm trying to find something that we. Okay, I guess I closed it. That is fun. Whatever. Do you have anything more to say about that? No. Just, uh, one, he lied, (laughs) basically. And two, it's not a good thing to have a small analytics department. But you do you, I guess. It is. His arrogance is just on my last heap. It's getting on your It's different if you're arrogant and you're right. Yeah. Because then that's just like confidence. That's over. Arrogance when you're right is overconfidence. Yeah. Which like that could be an issue like with too much. But I'd rather a guy be confident. Yeah. You know what I mean? Than like not. But it's like when you're just wrong. Right. Then it's just. Bad. Just from. And just from like a. Forget about like what he said and what he didn't say. Just the way he went about it is just extremely for any, unprofessional. For any GM, that's unprofessional. Yeah. But for the New York Yankees. Right. Like, you could say whatever you want about, like, the prestige and all that, but that's their that's their icon. That's, that's their, their bit. That's their brand. Yeah. And you're going against that brand. And, like, it's not like he's, like, a first-year GM. Right. He's been at he's this He's been for there for decades. over 20 years. Yeah. Shocker. They've only won one ring with a team he put together, and that's because Hal Lilly gave him the checkbook. Right. Because everyone gives okay, this is a side note. Everyone gives him credit for the like '90s dynasty rings. He wasn't the GM until '98. Right. Stick Michael put all that stuff together. Yeah. The teams were literally gifted to him on a. I was just gonna say he was handed it. He was handed the teams. Yeah. And then once he started actually putting a roster together himself, look where we are. It's just, and like I'm, I'm gonna defend Hal when I say this. You gave this guy a $260 million payroll, and this is what he puts together? Yeah. I just... Yeah. It's different, because at least with like a team like the Mets, they tried addressing their issues. Right. The Yankees didn't. Yeah. Everyone knew their issues were this, this, and this going into the season. They did nothing. Right. The Mets at least tried addressing them and didn't work out. Right. And what'd you do? You hedged your bet. You got some great prospects. Right. You cut your losses. You decided that obviously this isn't working. And you, I, I, I'm pretty sure I've said it before, but I res- 
respect Cohen and Epler too, realizing their faults and doing what they did at the trade I deadline. Said the, I think the Mets had a significantly – the Mets had a worse record, but I think they had a better season. When you consider for, setting up for the future. Yes, yes. In that sense of they realized it didn't work out. Right. So we're going to – we're just going to – we're going to eat the money because yeah. we're a New York team. We have the market. Yeah. We're going to eat the money because it doesn't matter. and it's a, it's a sunk cost. And it's, it's quite literally one of the main points of economics that, <laughs> that I've learned here. <laughs> that once you buy something mm. and you can't return it, like, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, you paid Verlander $40 million. You paid Scherzer $40 million. That $40 million isn't going anywhere. So at least get something in exactly. return instead of just rolling it out day after day. Exactly. It's just... Because you're telling me that... Like, for I'm just saying, for example, Harrison Bader, you put on waivers? Yeah. You're telling me no one... Like, you couldn't have got, like, um, even, like, a bum prospect for it? Right. Because Something. the Yankees... The Yankees traded for Ke- uh, Lucas Lickie. They DFA'd him in the offseason. They traded him for Caleb Durbin. And now he's, like, rising up the prospect rankings. He, like, killed it in the Arizona Fall League. Right. And that's what you need. You so, just, it's like you never know those losses. You just need rankings. a body. Like, the Joey Gallo trade. They traded for um Clayton Beater. He's a name that's coming up in trade talks. Right. You never know when you trade for prospects what they're going to be. Right. Worst case scenario, the trade bait. Yeah. So, it's just. Poor management. Here it is. Anything else to say about the analytics department and all that? No, I, th- I think we covered it. <laughs> but somehow, it gets worse. So, just a little backstory. So, Ben Ruda, is that how you say it? Uh, Ruda? I think so. Ruda? No disrespect. I honestly yes. like, don't know how to say it because I agree with him. Um, so, he's a famer. Uh, famer. Former Yankees farmhand and. Um, so he was on it's foul territory, with Rosenthal. Yeah, he was on the foul territory podcast, which is like a pretty popular baseball podcast. Besides us, of course. Of course, of course. Yeah, and he pretty much like talked about how the Yankees like organization. Let me get the see if I can find the quote exactly. I have it on an article, but my computer being dumb. Whatever. He pretty much like talked about how, like, there's a disconnect between the organization and the players and how, like, it wasn't run well. Right. So then Cashman calls him Bitter Boy. Oh, yeah. And... I remember that. Oh, no, no, no. It gets worse than just that. <laughs> it gets so much worse than that. So we called him Bitter Boy um, and said, you guys gave him a... Pl-. He's talking to the media when he says this. You guys gave him a platform. This organization organizational player ripping away from on what's wrong with our player development department as he flushed out with us and ended up in another organization. He wasn't even as good there as he was with us. Citing, and then it's just like their like thing that they use to analyze prospects. Mm-hmm. It's H-I-T-F slash X. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. But um, saying that it was the, our important numbers in um, Cashman was saying he said it doesn't include strikeouts. He doesn't even know what it do- that it does include strikeouts, but he's getting a platform and everyone sings about what ails the Yankees, and it's like, how is this even happening? It's embarrassing to have stuff like this play out. But hey, when you're losing, you guys are going to gravitate to whatever you want to, s- to say and say, see, I got you. Yeah. 
What? He just he did like talk about bitter. Like he sounds Dude. bitter. Like he he sounds like a guy who's like stressing out. Like yes. who's like on the verge of like having a meltdown almost. Yes. Like he just seemed so like unhinged and just nervous and stressed. There's a word I'm thinking of and I can't think of it. That really unhinged. puts it together besides unhinged. I don't know. He's at his breaking point. Basically. Um, basically. Because yeah. like he just seemed so like on edge, mm-hmm. really. Like he was like snap obviously he was snapping at reporters. He was going back and forth with reporters and Yeah. It was This is Ben Ruda. I'm again sorry for mispronouncing that. Um he's he like responded or like cause Chris Kirshner who writes for the athletic, he like wrote something about it on Twitter and so he quote tweeted that saying headline like he's making like a fake headline, yeah. quote unquote bitter boy. Brian Cashman doesn't know um how many current players in his own org feel and current, oh, I love ads. I love ads when they just pop up out of nowhere. <laughs> um, and then you put in parentheses, and former Yankee players now in other orgs reached out in support of Ben Ruda following his foul territory clips. And then he said embarrassing that he doesn't have a pulse on his own organization. Yeah. He put it best. <sighs> it's, it's, a, yeah, no, it, it's quite embarrassing that he doesn't seem to understand his own organization. Exactly. And just, you can't, you coming out and calling people bitter boy, is an, it's pathetic. Yeah. I don't care what, organi- if you're the Reds, if you're calling someone out, that's horrible. Right. You don't call out former players. No. Because why would a player want to sign with you if they know that you're going to call them out? Right. Right. It can turn off a lot of, forget about players, just, you know, executives and other employees, like, oh, you know, if I don't have a good time here, and I leave, they'll turn around and just talk shit about me, essentially. It's, just, it's different if it's the fans. Because everyone right. knows that's like going to be a thing playing in New York. Yeah. When the organization yeah. does that, that's... Quoting a famous New Yorker, it's feeble. It's feeble. It's feeble. It's pathetic Yeah. to do that. and just Definitely. It's like one of those things that like you can't even talk about it at length. Right. Because it's so common sense right. that there's not much to say. Yeah. It's just. Yeah, that uh, that GM extension's not looking too hot right now. Horrible. And so, do you have anything else to say about that? No. Just kind of like the aftermath of it. Yeah. I forget who it was, but I was seeing reports that are coming out that Hal is like furious at Cashman. I saw that too, yeah. And that there's increasing tension in the organization between Cashman and other execs and Cashman and Judge. Mm-hmm. And it's just... You know, another thing that I don't think we really touched on is Hal's press conference and Cashman's press conference had two totally different vibes. Exactly. Like, there's the disconnect right there. Forget about the GM and the players, GM and the organization. The owner and the GM having that big of a disconnection, that's an issue. Especially when I feel like, you know, Cashman's been like Hal's quote-unquote guy. Like, Hal going out there saying, like, it was a bad season, you know, we have to get better. Then Cashman turning around, being one of the first things to say in his press conference is that he thought the team was really good. No, no, no. 
really fucking good. Pretty fucking good. Pretty fucking good. Like, that's bad. That's horrible. And just, like, I didn't even think about it that way, but that's, like, a perfect way to put it. Because, like, how his entire family, his entire family's legacy is the New York Yankees. Right. He wants to live up to his father's reputation. I hate when people say that, like, oh, Hal's, like, not, like, his father, he doesn't care. He obviously cares about it. He may not be the best with it. Like, he may not have the, like, skills of it. But he obviously does care. Saying he doesn't is stupid. It's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. So that he may even take it as an insult on his family. Right. Like you could honestly like make it like he may take it that way because everything he's done for Cashman. Yeah. And he's pulling this shit. Yeah. Exactly. I hope I am hoping that they're having some talks behind closed doors about that because they they have have to to be. They have have to to be because it was. It was embarrassing that how Cashman went about it and how disconnected the entire organization feels. I think that there's a lot of times when the media will overreact to things. I think, if anything, they're underreacting to this. Yeah. This is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is... This has been one of the worst-looking, like, press conferences in, like... Like, overarching feeling of an organization... I feel like this is, like, one of the worst moments. Like... This century? <sighs> this is, it's just a really bad look. It's, I don't know where I was going with that, but it's just a really bad look. Especially the New York Yankees. Like, yeah. this, it's pathetic. Right. It's... It's a thing of, I don't have any words. Basically. Like, no more I think words. That, yeah, that's why I'm struggling so much trying to wrap my head around it, because... And this stuff happened Shouldn't Tuesday. Happen. Yeah. And we still can't find the words. Right. And it's just, it's tough because it, it shouldn't be happening. From, forget about the Yankees. Just from a, again, from a professional standpoint, you're a high-ranking. That's what I'm saying. From a high-ranking executive position, going on a tangent like that. And I'm sorry if I'm spoiling, but I don't know if you had the whole, like, back and forth between Joel Sherman. I don't like, know. That's all I have. Right, so real quick, he had a back and forth with Joel Sherman, who writes for the New York Post, about Yankees player development, and you know, uh, you know, they're kind of talking about Peraza a little more specifically. Mm-hmm. And long story short, Joel Sherman is kind of calling out the Yankees for not being able to develop hitters, and saying how you know Peraza didn't play because he didn't hit. I wouldn't even say calling out. What do you mean? I would say he just. He brought up a fair point. Oh, yeah. Like, calling out makes it seem like it's a vendetta. Right. He brought up a fair point. Yeah. Like, he said, why didn't you do this? Right. He was asking a question, and he was, yeah. I just want to No, you're good. That. But, you know, basically, Peraz didn't hit, so he didn't play. Then Cashman fired back, saying, well, where is he going to play? You know, he didn't get enough time to play. Where are you going to play him? And just the way that I highly recommend everyone to just watch it on their own. Yeah. Because us talking about it does not do it, does it not justice do. on how it on bad. You Twitter, YouTube, like, I yeah. don't want to say it on. But basically, they were going back and forth, and Cashman was just, like, like barking back at him, kind of, like, snapping at him, like, you know, yeah. who are you going to play him over? Are you going to play him over DJ? Are you going to play him over Volpe? Are you going to play him over Glaber? Like, he sounds like a child, honestly. It literally, all you have to say is there's nowhere to Nowhere to play, and we felt right. that we had the best players at the be- at their best positions, and it right. was best for the team then. He, unprepared, I think, is a great way to kind of tie it all together. 
Cashman looked completely unprepared for that press conference. I don't think so. When you have vets, he's been doing this for this many years. Yeah. To the point where he can almost get by in a somewhat okay manner without preparation. Right. This, like, I, I don't care how unprepared you are. This is not going to happen unless you're just a child. Yeah. Like, I... Yeah. Only positive, and I'm stretching this so hard when I say this. Maybe he's so angry he's gonna go scorched earth and sign everyone. Yeah, that is the only way I could stretch this. Right. And even then, it's like, do you trust him to do that? No. Right. Cause I have nothing more on him. Yeah. You... No, I think unprofessional, unprepared child. Yes. That's what this press conference told me about Cassius. Yes. This, you can't, you can't again, do that. Yeah, like, again, I highly recommend everyone to go look at those clips, because this does not do it justice. This is a fireable offense, in my opinion. Yeah. Especially for a guy that's on such a short lease. Yeah. I think that that should have been a fi- He should have been fired the next day. Right. Like, there should have been reports come out that he's done. Yeah. Or, like, sus- suspended, taking time away from the team. Right. Something. Yeah. Nice. Bad look. Horrible look. So. So. On to off-season rumors. Yay, the fun stuff. The fun stuff. So, the number one guy. For me, I've been thinking it over, and I think getting Yamamoto is so much more important than I realize. Mm -hmm. Because, so, should I just start with the quotes that reporters are saying and then go into why? Sure. Okay, so Buster only. Um, probably, I would say the Hassan's ESPN, right? Yeah. So the second best? Probably. The, like, second best or most reputable Yeah. Um, writer for ESPN, Buster only. He said that the Yankees will, quote-unquote, blow away the field when it comes to Yamamoto. A couple other things. Um, this is a quote by Andy Martino. How do you feel about Martino? Do you think he has credibility? I think he has a decent fit for New York. He has credibility, but the way he goes about things are questionable, if that makes okay. sense. I like, think when it comes to New York, he has a decent From amount, an but... information standpoint, he obviously has, you know... Sources. Sources. But just the way he portrays some of the information, bias. I feel like, yeah, a little bit of bias, but mm. regardless. Mm. Would you say the top two people for Yamamoto are the Yankees and Mets? I would probably think so. Worst, at worst, two of the top three. Yeah. Whatever. Um. Regardless, like yeah. two of the top guys. Did you see this quote? Probably. He said that bidding hasn't even started yeah. yet, but the strong mm-hmm. early feel at GM meetings from people in the know is that the Mets um would have a tougher time landing him than the Yankees, but both are in. Right. How do you feel about that overall? Let me just say that right before he said that quote, mm. he said that the Mets are going to be all over Yamamoto. I didn't see that. So it was literally like five minutes apart. And that this is where I get my like... He Bias. Op- yeah, because like the Mets are going to be all over Yamamoto, but they're going to have a hard time. Like, Yeah, it's... Well, it, he said uh, tougher time. Right, they're going to have a tougher time. But if they're going to be all over him, then... Why are they having a tougher time? 
I think it's just like what the other reports are. Because like so many people are saying the Yankees are like going to go all in on him. Yeah. Because there's a difference between blowing away the field and being all over someone. Right. There is a difference there. And I think that the Yankees also have a better, especially with Epler gone, they have a yeah. better track record with international players. Fair. So I think that's like, that could be part yeah. of it too. Another thing that I, people are talking about, but we haven't touched on, and I don't know too much about it, so I'm not going to talk about it in mm. length. But I know in Japan that there's a lot, like, their culture is very based on, like, seniority. So I've read that sometimes Japanese players wouldn't want to play with other Japanese players because of that seniority thing. So I'm not sure, obviously, I'm not sure how Yamamoto is about it. But, yeah, because the Mets have Senga, I'm not sure how much of that is a positive or it's a negative. Because Senga is older than Yamamoto. So I'm not sure if, again, I don't know too much about the culture, but I know that's that's just like one thing about it. So I'm not sure how that works. Is that only Japanese, or is that like in all like Asian thing? Not sure. I just the only reason I'm asking is because Jung Hoo Lee, another guy that I want, is right. He's Korean. He's Korean. So like I didn't know if that's like a thing that's like kind of transfers over or whatever. Yeah. But I'm not sure. But yeah, that's I never heard about that. Yeah. Neither have I, but it's definitely something to kind of keep an eye on because again, I'm not sure Back how your mind. yeah how Yamamoto feels about it, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Kind of just that's basically how it makes me feel. Just like, hmm. Yeah. So we'll see how what happens with that, but okay. Now the reasons why they need to get him, I want you to guess what the Yankees. ERA was outside by starters not named Garrett. Cole. Oh, I saw this. I saw this. Um, the start from eight. No. The start from six. No. Oh, I thought it was worse. That would have been no. Not I thought that. I thought it was so much worse. No. Okay. It's still horrible, but. Yeah, I don't know. I saw this. I just don't can't remember. Five point oh three. Five. Yeah. That is I think horrible. They had eight for. That, that, I don't know where you got that from. Still, still bad. That still is bad. So bad. <laughs> right. From starter in like. My thing is, like, so many people are going to say, oh, guys are hurt, this, that. Yeah, guys, starting pitchers get hurt every fucking year. Side note, because it that just reminded me of something that Cashman said about injuries. Where he's like, yeah, injuries are going to happen, you know, in, we got injured, whatever. He put a roster together. That's injury prone. That's extremely injury prone. So, yeah, yeah. no shit injuries are going to happen. But that's enough of that's that. That's kind of the argument I was going to make. Yeah. Just, we're going. He's had injury concerns his entire career. If only someone warned you Shut about up. that. Shut up. Nestor so Cortez. Sorry. He, I think he'll be fine injury-wise, but you never know what you're going to get from him. Um, Michael King, he's been good. For, other than blowing his, out his elbow in a freak accident, he's been good. He looked great as a starter. Right. Clark Schmidt is Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. And you don't know what you're getting from your starting pitching, so it's one of those things of, like, you need another starter. Yeah. And it, uh, he's 25 years old. He's you never I think it's more the sense of like you said like oh like you don't want to like sign another pitcher to a contract with what they have. There's never gonna be a pitcher like him on the market. Yeah. A twenty five year old yeah. absolute super stud, that is the guy you open the checkbook for. Yeah. That's that is fair. why people are freaking out about Soto, because he's so young. And to be able to just get a guy like that that's gonna be a cornerstone of your franchise for right. so long. Yeah. That Yeah. Like forget what you think about Soto. But just the fact that he's going to reach free agency at such a young age is just unheard of. 
that that's what I think that's his be- Yamamoto's best selling point. Yeah, that he's no matter he's a he's an incredible pitcher, <laughs> one of the best in Japan, if not the best in Japan. Yeah, but him being twenty five. Yeah, that just means he could get better. Yeah. you never know if he could get he's better. He's still learning. Basically. He is still learning. Yeah, it just I I think it's one of those things of the money can't matter with a guy yeah. like this. Just the intangibles plus the revenue, all the marketing opportunities, everything like that. It's yeah. just because think about how what happened with Japan in Shohei Otani, mm-hmm. where he signed with the Angels. And how many people watched the Angels? Where like Tyler Wade became an international superstar because he Angel- played with Otani. Because he played with Otani, <laughs> and it's yeah. just like how like uh, Japanese fans were like fanboying over Tyler Wade because he was so handsome and all. Like that is the type of stuff you can get. Obviously, I'm not saying he's going to be Otani level of that, yeah. but it's also a thing of Angels, Yankees. The Yankees are already a much mm. more global brand right. that it's going to be so much easier to make them that much bigger. Right. Because everyone knows who the Yankees are. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, yeah, no, I agree. I, I think agree. he pays for himself and then some. I will just double down on my take from last episode where I just I don't think the Yankees need to spend big on starting pitching. Even after I said they had a 5-plus ERA from starters down named Jerry Cole. Yes, because you can still win with a starter that who has a three five, a low four, but that's not a three five low four. Obviously, but I'm saying you don't need to go out and sign Yamamoto. You can go out and sign some more mid level guys, and spread the money around. Because you, if the problem was only starting pitching, yeah, go for Yamamoto. But there's a lot more than just starting pitching mm-hmm. that needs to be addressed. Needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. So I just think you should but spend money. But there's also ways that you could address that without spending a lot of money. Such as? Should I just get into them now? Are you done with all your points of Yamamoto? Basically. So the next one is Brendan Donovan. I don't know how you feel about him. I how do, how do you feel? Let me ask you first. I like him a lot. I do. He is the Cardinals' Jeff McNeil who hits for more power. I would say so. Maybe more power, but in 210 games, he has 16 home runs. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, when he says more power, he doesn't mean, the, like... The bar is not very high when exactly. I compare him to Jeff I'm McNeil. just, like, saying so people yeah. know it's not, like, expecting a 20-plus home run at minimum. No. He's, like, 15. I just, Max. But still. I don't know. I think the Yankees could use someone like him just from a contact, contact standpoint. Because that's what he really brings. It's Forget so, about power. It's so tough for me. Because, like, I go back and forth with him. Mm-hmm. Because you have injury concerns with him. Yeah. You, he's going to be 27 years old when the season starts. He has little to no pop. Obviously, I just out of that. Because that is a concern. He's, he is a lefty, for those who don't know. Switch hitter, I thought. Lefty. Lefty? Lefty. Oh, I thought he was a switch hitter. Lefty. Um, he is going to cost a lot. Because he has four years of control. Yeah. So it's like that, like, yeah. I also don't I'm, think the Cardinals. Negative, go on. I also don't think the Cardinals would deal him. Really? I don't think so. I, I think they would deal Carlson first before Donovan. I thought they were willing just because of how much buzz he I'm had. I'm not sure. Well, I, I haven't I read too much about that Cardinals. Much sense to like, I didn't either, but why would he be getting so much buzz if they weren't willing mm. to deal him? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Fair. why would 
why would reporters waste all their time and like arguably ruin their credibility? Yeah. If he was never on the market to begin with. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think the Cardinals are also just at a spot where they can deal someone away, mm-hmm. especially from the outfield, because I think I mean he's a utility guy. Like at the end of the day, but that's one of the positives that's still going. Right, but I think their their outfield is so full, and their infield is kind of set, or at least is going to be set in the next coming years, that they can deal away a Donovan or a Carlson or maybe even a O'Neill. But regardless, I would not. O'Neill would be. Oh, absolutely not. not. He would be so. But I think for a team like the Mets, I think he would be pretty solid. You take out the injury. I know that's like the big thing. Yeah. Injuries, okay. But I think that like from a pure what you would have to give up from him, I think for the Mets that'd be worth it to trade for him. Uh. As like a fourth outfielder, just in the sense. I of, don't. You're not trading Tyler O'Neill to be a fourth outfielder. I'm pretty sure he doesn't have that many years of control though. Still, you're not. He's not. He. If you trade for Tyler O'Neill, no, he's mean, in your starting. I mean, in the sense lineup. of worst case scenario. I wouldn't want to. I feel like he would... He has one year of control left. Oh, uh, so he's a free agent after 24? Hmm. Well, I think cause he's played six years. Right. So I'd assume that's one year of control left. Right. I mean, obviously the injuries scare me, but... It's one year, you're n- it's not going to cost much. Uh, I beg to differ. For one year, when he hasn't been that good recently? Hmm. For what I the... I don't know. Just because of what the Mets need. Yeah. They need an outfielder, but they don't need an injury-prone outfielder because they already have one of Marte. We don't need the both corners to, like, yeah. have to worry about them breaking a hit by turning left. Yeah. I don't know. Just something. I'm not a fan of it, but mm. to be fair, I haven't looked that much into it. Mm. But regardless. I, I didn't look into either. That's yeah. just, like, you said that, so that's just, like, idea popped in my mind. I don't know how. I do. I do like Donovan as a fit for the Yankees. It's just the health that like. I don't. Th- I didn't think he was like that injury prone. He played 120 games and then 90 games in his both seasons. Really? Yeah. Huh. I know last year he was hurt a couple and the times. The first year he was too. Really? I'm pretty I didn't sure know that. He was, yeah. yeah. So that's like huh. that worries me. Yeah. His strikeouts are pretty high, which is another thing with like. Yeah, you don't need. More. That. It's. I thought he was much better. Let me. <laughs> now you see, I did too. Yeah. And then like, like I actually like looked into the numbers. Like let me, his on base I will say is really nice. Yeah. Um, because in let me, enhance. Um, enhance. <laughs> he had a, his first year. He played yeah. 126 games. He had a 394 on base, and this year he played in 95 games. Had a 365. So it's like. Solid. It is, but for how much you're going to have to... And he is a gold glover. Yeah. I will say that. But for what you would have to give up, that's like a... A little too much, probably. For me, at least. Yeah. Especially with that health. Yeah. It's just... It's not like he's a stolen base guy, either. No. He has seven career stolen bases. Right. And just... Okay, strikeouts are not as bad as I thought. Never mind. He struck out 70 times in 120 games. Never mind. I thought it was... Oh, yeah. I, I thought it was in the hundreds. I must be thinking of someone else. Yeah. Um. But just. It's tough. It is tough. Because, like, he is a. I don't know. Yeah. I think. But if you're trading for him, he's probably playing outfield, right? Yeah. 
So I feel at that point I would rather trade for like a primary outfielder. That's I don't like. But it's a thing of if you wanted to, you could get him for no money. Yeah. You could get him for just prospects. Right. So that's just a guy yeah. I wanted to mention. Um then the other two that I just want to like bring up. So Soto is there's a lot of conflicting reports. Oh my on god, them. yeah. There, AJ Preller and Scott Boris, so that's the GM, right? GM, not owner. Yep, GM. GM of the Padres and Scott Boris's agent both say, like, no, he won't get moved. But all insiders are saying, like, the Padres have to yeah. move him. Like, there's no way around it. What does that sound like to you? Or, like, what's your take on it? That, to me, sounds like Preller is going to do everything in his power to extend him. If they don't come to an agreement, he's traded. I disagree. Really? I think it's just posturing where they can't say that, oh, oh yeah, we're going to trade him. I think it's a thing of they both have to, like, stand pat so that yeah. they can, one, Leverage. get more more prospect return, and two, get him a better deal when he gets traded. Fair. Because it could be like, oh, we're willing to give him this much money, and they could just make up a random number. Yeah. So then that team would be like, okay, <sighs> we'll give him this. Right. That's that's kind of what it sounds like to me. Because if yeah. all the insiders are saying he's gone, yeah, all the people that are so connected to all the teams and like the MLB executives and all that are saying like, yeah, he's gonna get traded, yeah, and I don't, they don't have the money to extend him, right? Like, how many long term contracts would that team have for a team that doesn't have money? Just off the top of my head, you have Machado, obviously, who just signed an extension before this year. You sign Bogarts. You sign Tatis. You have Darvish for what another? What was it like? It was like something crazy. It was like six know. years or something. Who else? Musgrove. Musgrove. Is it Musgrove or Musgrave? Musgrove. Musgrove. Yeah. Uh, you have Cronenworth, who is a shorter term, like four year contract. Who am I missing? I think that's it. And you have a lot of arbitration coming up. Right, and then your Soto's getting at least. This is very 35. low, but he's getting at least ten years. Oh, for, le- a deal. for a for year, a deal. yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like low ball, ten years, but it's they're not giving themselves enough flexibility, mm-hmm. which Cause is because I think Soto blows past four hundred mil, probably. Because like yeah. what? Because when you said ten years, I was thinking forty a year. That's four hundred right there, and I think yeah. it's like twelve years. Yeah, he may sniff five hundred. I don't think he's gonna get five hundred. Yeah, but I think he'll get close. I think the max is gonna be around like four fifty. I I think four eighty. Is yeah. the max. max. Yeah. I think it just it depends on the term. But then again, he's not, he's not a free agent. Right. So that's another part of it. He's So it's not like you're in a bidding war. Well, kind of are. In a sense, you are. You're, a, you're in a bidding war between what Soto values himself as and... Well, I feel like also Scott Boris may have some influence on Preller. Oh, like, yeah. if it's, like, close packages, he may, like, ask... Soto, where do you want to go? If like they, if like the packages are to the point where they're even, yeah, and they really don't care, like they're both AL teams. You you kind of get what I mean? Yeah, I think there may be a chance, right? That happens. Maybe, I mean, just from a personal, but it's also level. Scott Boris. Yeah, exactly. You, you got to account for how much influence he has. So I think that yeah. if it was any agent other than Scott Boris, I, I wouldn't even consider saying that. Yeah, but. With the most powerful agent in sports. Scott Boris has his ways. Yes. 
He knows. I think it's the John Heyman gif. You know that one? Which one? With Scott Boris and then John Heyman is the puppet. Oh, I Have don't, you seen that? I no, haven't it's, seen it's that. It's the funniest thing. That sounds about right. But, yeah. Uh, I still think he's getting traded at the end of the day. I do. So. I th- they have to. Yeah. Especially if, like you said, if they're cash issues or as big of a deal as they want to be at 200 million dollars and they're on their payroll they're at 197 and they have probably about 50 million arbitration they have to pay probably more right so i think i just think that soto's getting what 30 35 in arbitration he's projected 30 like 31 32 so so you're literally cutting down 60% 60% of that by right. moving one guy while also getting a lot of young talent. Right. And, you know, that, that they have, you know, spots to fill, too. Like, exactly. for, like before you even talk free agency. If you still want to get to that 200 mark, I think that's why they're trying to shop Cronenworth, too. Yeah. Regardless. Just, yeah, that's all I really have this on This isn't the Padres podcast. Yeah, that's all I, all <laughs> I have on Soto. Yeah. But um, then Cody Bellinger. Very conflicting with us too, our opinions on him. Yes. John Heyman and is Soto or uh, Bellinger's a Boris guy, right? I wouldn't be shocked. He probably I'm not, is. Cause remember, because that's the way is. the deal was set up. They're like, oh, that's yes. a Boris deal. Yes, 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 yes. Um, he said that it will be a battle between the Yankees and Cubs for Cody Bellinger. I. What did do you believe it? Do you not believe it? Uh, the Cubs seem to really like him. My only issue with the Cubs is I think they're going to want him to play first base majority mm-hmm. of the time. And I don't think... They're not going to pay a first baseman. Exactly. You're not going to pay a first baseman center fielder center money. money. Exactly. So, Especially with that bat, too. Regardless yeah. of the bat, but I'm saying the caliber of bat that he's going to get paid for. Right. You pay a center fielder a lot more money than yeah. you pay a first baseman. Right. And he's going to be a good defender wherever you put him, but it's just... And is I'd say his value is a lot more in center. Oh, definitely. Which is why he's going to want to get paid as a center fielder. Exactly, and just I I'm saying more of like the belief <laughs> I because this could either be John Hammond just gassing it up like at the Yankees, but yeah. I don't think it is, just because they have been linked to him for a good amount. Right. And it's just whenever you have a Boris client, it's such annoying. Mm. Like he's too. Tell me about it. How can he keep getting away with this? Yeah, basically. I mean, good for him. He's making a shit ton of money. He's, yeah. <laughs> I think his net worth is like 500 mil. Yeah. And like, oh my God. Oh, whatever. Yeah. He's just. He's rich. He's, yeah. He, um, he's fine. Yeah. He's doing well for himself. That's really all I have on like rumors and stuff like that. You don't want to talk about the, the other rumor? What rumor? The rumor that you don't like? With a certain oh. Massachusetts boy? Yes, yes, yes. I, I think you should that. at least touch on it a I, little bit. Honestly, I completely forgot about that. Because like you I, hate it. <laughs> but yeah, I just like put it out of sight. Yeah, exactly. There is a rumor that the Yankees want Alex Verdugo and the Red Sox want Labor Torres. Don't deal. There you go. No. I will say, I forget who just took over for the Red Sox. I don't know his name yet. But he did come out and say that, you know, oh, like, we like Verdugo, like, you know, Verdugo is for us, whatever. So, like, I don't know how well those rumors are, if they're going to trade him or not, but. Verdugo's an average player. If that. At best, he's an average player. Mm, 5% of the time. 
he's an av- in my mind he's an average player. Yes. You are not trading one of the best second basemen in baseball, which is not hyperbole. Look at the numbers. That's one thing Cashman got right. Look <laughs> at the numbers if you don't believe me. He's top five in every stat, essentially every stat that matters for second baseman. You are not trading that for a guy that has one year of controls and average outfielder at best. I would rather sign Kevin Kiermeyer to a deal than trade Glaber. And I do not want Kevin Kiermeyer. Yeah. We talked about it off camera when the rumor first came out. From a positional need, it yeah. makes sense. When you don't include stats and things When you that don't matter. include what the player is, what the player does, and the player in general. And the teams. Yeah, exactly. Yankees need an outfielder. Red Sox need a second baseman. Boom. But I would not do that when trade you include whatsoever. All the context that matters. I would absolutely not do that no. trade. I no. would be horrible. And I'm sure it wouldn't have been like a one for one, but still. I don't care. Yeah. There is nothing the Red Sox could give that would make me want to do that. Devers. That's the only thing you could give. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. There's right. nothing they would realistically give yeah. that would make that trade worth it for the Absolutely Yankees. not. Absolutely not. It's just. Just thought we should touch on that. Especially since it got you so annoyed. Yes! Because it's, <laughs> it's stupid! It's stupid! Frank Asher wants to talk about bullshit? That's bullshit! <laughs> Honestly, I think that Rodrigo is pretty fucking good, honestly. <laughs> I'm leaving. Uh, I can't because this chair is too confined. Good. But trapped. trapped. Can't leave until <laughs> we're done. <laughs> Mom, help. Um, Anyways. Yeah, that's yeah, all I have. That's all you got for Yankees? Yes. Yeah. Anything you want to say? No. Fuck Brian Cashman. Get Yamamoto. If you get Yamamoto, trade for Brandon Donovan because he only... Cost prospects. Queens? Queens. Now entering Queens. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Queens. So before we get into the GM meetings... For the Mets, I would like to highlight a certain silver slugger, Francisco Lindor. No, go glove. Shut up. If only they knew about that talk. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. Lindor won the silver slugger, I believe, last night is when they were announced. Within the last two nights. Right. So, it was his first silver slugger as a Met, his third for his career. And just to highlight some of his achievements, he tied for WRC Plus uh, with Xander Bogarts at 122. He led shortstops in slugging, in offensive war, in home runs, and OPS with 810. So, great season from Lindor. Uh, Very happy he got something out of it, because I didn't. But And this just goes to show, like, some people got to shut up. About Lindor. Like, how many people were saying that they needed to trade him? Wasn't oh worth God. the money. I know. Stuff like that. And, like, he almost he almost double-dipped. Double-dipped? With a gold glove. Oh, yeah. He almost got the best awards, other than MVP, obviously. Right. The best awards you could get in Platinum Glove, whatever. But <laughs> you could, yes. The best individual awards you could get for your position. Yeah. He almost got both, both of, them. of them. He got one of them, and he was, what, second in gold glove? I don't know how the voting went. Whatever, but he yeah. almost won a goal. He was a he finalist. Was a finalist. Yeah, exactly. And 
And he was going against two damn good defensive shortstops. Right. It just goes to show he is and will continue to be one of the better shortstops, not yes. only in the National League, but in the entire league. Yes. But that's enough of that. I don't care. His batting average is a little too low. Yeah, exactly. His OPS is over 800 for a shortstop. Like, and he's not going to be Corey Seager, who's just like on another planet. But regardless. Who, even then, Corey Seager has injury concerns. Exactly. Or doesn't. Anyways. Sorry, that's... <laughs> so, we're going to start things off with the new Mets manager, who should be a familiar face, or yes. name, at the very yes. least. Carlos Mendoza, who was the bench coach for the Yankees. Uh, I personally do not know too much about him, but from what I've read, he seems to be very well respected around mm-hmm. the league. Obviously, you might have a better idea yes. I do than not. me. He seemed like he was a very players guy. Yeah. Like, it seemed like everyone in the clubhouse loved him. It's also a thing. I think it was DeCuomo. 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 I'm so bad at pronouncing names. It's okay. Um, he said that, yeah, like, if you guys want me to give you an answer on how you feel, how I feel about this, I can't. Right. Uh, we're not going to know until the season comes, and I think that's completely valid. Right. And I agree with that, too, where it's like, we won't know because... It's only manages a game. <laughs> I mean, he'll I mean, manage. He'll manage like five innings a a month because he right. gets ejected. Yeah, exactly. But like you can't because they already have a game plan. They already like you can't. I think it's one of those things where I, from what I saw, I saw that like the Yankees were worried for the last couple of years they were gonna lose him. Right. So, who knows? He's a hot commodity for some yeah. reason. That sounded a lot worse. He's hot commodity for a reason. So the I only counterpoint is that. Boone's in, like, hot water among people. If he was that good, they would have fired Boone. But right. But that's the only – even then, I think that it's just, like, Stretch stick me. with the guy you have. Right. So So I like it. I know, obviously, a lot more Mets fans are disappointed because, you know, the top dog was Craig Council. That was – Who went to the Cubs. When they already had a manager. And they didn't tell David Ross. That's crazy. So that happened. And he got, like, what? It's, like – he got more money than Ozzy Aldis. I know. What was it? It was four, four years. Five. Five, five years? Five forty. Five forty, yeah. Because it was eight million. Yes, it was eight million. It was eight million a year, yeah. year, and I remember it being forty. So and it was five. Yeah. And look, you know, I'm sure people are gonna be like, Oh, you're just like turning on him now that, you know, he's not Mets manager. But like to be fair, he manages very well across one sixty two. But like when was the last time the Brewers got out of the wild card? Or even like other than Christian Yelich being Christian Yelich. Yeah, exactly. I think like you take that year out. Right. It's like wild card exit. Let's see. This year, wild card exit. Last year. Did they they did it? I don't think they made the playoffs. Twenty nineteen they they blew a game they, in the wild card. They blew right. the wild card. Twenty twenty eh, whatever. Twenty twenty is twenty twenty. And twenty twenty one is when they made it to the DS? I don't know. See, I, don't I think it was because they I know they were playing the Braves, so I want to say DS. Okay. But regardless, like, there's not a lot to go off of there. Yeah. So. Then again, it's also, like, he, they got, like, they had no money, pretty much. Right. Not like that's going to improve with Chicago. Right. But. A little better. And look, I, I understand from, you know, a personal perspective that going from Milwaukee to Chicago is a lot better than going from Milwaukee to New York. So, I think I saw something like Wrigley. From American Family Field. 
that's I'm just going to call it Miller Park, because that's what it used to yes. be. That's what I thought it was called. When you said that, I was like, huh? But I think it was, like, a couple hours away. So, like, obviously the geography played a role into it. But, obviously, a little disappointed. And that's my car. Right. Probably, what, like, a 45-minute plane ride? Yeah, maybe, that, maybe an hour. If that. But, obviously, everyone's a little disappointed. But I don't hate it just yet, because, again, he hasn't managed much. Obviously... Boone gets ejected every time, a lot of the time. So he has some experience. Over, baby. But, you know, he's been in New York. Again, he's managed a little bit. He's had to handle press conferences post-game mm-hmm. when Boone got ejected, right? I'm, even th- even without that, like, the, it's, still, it's the New York media. They're going to... Right. They're going to, what's it called, interview anyone they can. Right. So I don't hate it, but obviously I'm a little more... I think conflicted, I the guess. right way to feel about this is to feel good that he was sought after by so many people and you yes. got him. Yes. But to know you will ne- you will not know if this is a good move or not until the season starts. Right. As and long I th- as he doesn't get suspended by baseball. Right. <laughs> For some reason. But thinking a trash can. Uh and the Mets manager that just got hired would never do that. No. Especially if someone named Carlos. <laughs> but regardless, um, put that together. <laughs> I'm cautiously optimistic. I think that's where I'll put it. Wrap it up in a bit. That's. I think that's how you should feel. Yeah. Uh, next off, Adam, 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 out of you know, surprisingly opted out of his contract, hmm. which I was a little shocked. How much was by. he getting? Or how much would he have gotten? Six. Okay. Six, six seven. Six we'll and a quarter. We'll say that ballpark. Somewhere around there. So, I was a little surprised because I thought. He liked being in New York, but obviously, I think just in the direction the Mets are now going in, he was a little caught off guard, which a lot of people are, which I was as well. So I don't blame him. I get it. I also don't think he's going to get a better contract. I think it's just a thing of he got, like, with him, he's what, 37, 38? Yeah. He only has one, maybe two years left right. to play in that will be. Yeah. He wants to win a ring. ring. Yeah. He has not won a ring yet. I don't think so. Yeah. Because he was, what, Rockies, Yankees, Red Sox? Yeah. So he's not won a ring. Yeah. I think he just wants to win a ring. And, like, I don't blame him. He made his money. Right. He has the right to ring chase. Like, people yeah. use it as a bad thing. But, like, it's not like he's going to be useless on that team. He's going to be right. one of the be- better bullpen arms. Yeah. And I think, or I believe... He went to Stearns to kind of maybe restructure his contract. Kind of like, you know, hey, I still want to be here, but, like, you know, things are different. And Stearns, from what I've read, didn't seem too open to that. He's also not his guy. Right. Again, yeah, exactly. He had a relationship with Epler. You know, he had a relationship with Buck. Like That's something to note, too, just for everyone else. Like, whenever a new regime comes in, it's always important to note that they didn't bring those guys in. Right, so they don't have any affinity to them. They may not like them at all. Right, Stearns, like Stearns might in. look at Adovino, look at his numbers, and be like, yeah, he's not going to... He's old. Right, he's not going to work low. next year. Right. And I'm pretty sure his fifth was over four, so maybe this is a blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. But as a person... I like Adovino. I'm going to miss him. Yeah, he's he's nice been guy. on SNY recently, which is I thought was a little odd, but you know, I always love just hearing pitchers talk pitching. Mm-hmm. So that's great. But Especially him. He is such a – in the best way he possible, such he's a such a nerd. 
Yeah. He's such a nerd. When and I mean that I mean that as a compliment. Yeah. Because like with his pitching lab and like all that. Right, and he's the prototypical pitcher. Like he's yes. a pitcher. He pitches. He doesn't throw. I I just I love it. No. But that he has just no velo. yeah. That's just another spot to fill now, so bullpen's going to be extremely interesting. There's a lot of very interesting bullpen guys, though. Yeah, yeah definitely. A lot of very interesting definitely. There is definitely options. Forget about top options, too. But next up, one little more little more sadder note. Uh, wow, that did sound really... It sounded like someone's going to like die. No. But, no. Uh, more disappointing note. David Peterson, he's going to be out six to seven months. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he was going to... Sl- I forgot about that. I thought you were going to say he was going to slide into the five spot. No. <laughs> I was kidding. <laughs> A little more disappointing news. No. <laughs> but he had surgery to repair the labrum in his hip which I didn't know what that was, so I looked it up. And it's basically where your leg meets your hip. Like, kind of like that, like, connection. He had surgery there. You made that word up. Yeah, sorry. The Where's med- your normal labrum again? Uh, probably somewhere in the elbows or, like, shoulders, I would have to guess. Where is <laughs> where your is- labrum? Shoulder labrum is a type of rubbery cartilage yeah. that lines a shoulder socket. Right. Yes. It's like it's it's like you know, like action figures. If you take them apart and those yes. those little like ball yes, joints yes, yes, where you yes, can yes, connect yes, it, yes, that's yes. your labrum. It's almost like your shoulder blade or like your shoulder itself. Kind right. Of. It's like your socket, okay. almost. Okay. So I only I only. <laughs> it's not a Cowboys podcast, so I won't say it. Go on. Okay, but uh, I read obviously, on it, and he actually dealt with a chronic hip issue, like, in the past, which I had no idea, so who knows if that had anything to do with last year's performance. I will say it, it will, just to fit my narrative, because I still very, like, very much like David Peterson. It, like, goes back and forth, like, if it's chronic, wouldn't he have been dealing it for a while? Right. He would know how to deal with it, maybe. Maybe it just got so worse, and now it may, right. be, it may also be a thing now of how does he adjust to not having to compensate for it. Right. Is that good? Is that bad? Right. We won't know until he pitches. So now I think the Mets are going to go out and sign three starters when I thought they could maybe work with only signing two because I do not trust Tyler McGill. Does that make spot. it less likely they sign Yamamoto? I don't know, and I'll get into that in a few. Okay. So should I save... Kind of the I was going to make. Yes. But getting into the GM meetings, the juicy stuff, I'm going to get the big one out of the way. Pete Alonso. Obviously, trade rumors went back to the trade deadline. I forget. He signed with Boris, right? He's a Boris guy now. So, this is coming from Stearns himself. I think I do not anticipate him getting traded. I don't draw lines in the sand, and I'm never going to say never, but I absolutely think it's fair that I don't anticipate him being traded. What do you get from that? He's not being traded. I think it's a good way he worded that, Mm -hmm. where you do never want to say never. Right. Just because, like, say, like, oh, we know, especially in the New York media, you said you're never going to trade him. Especially a guy like that, like, you trade him, and... The fans are going to be all over you. Say, oh, you oh, never yeah. said you were going to trade him. Right. Blah, 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 blah. So I think it's a way just like save face on the 1% chance he gets traded. But right. to me, it sounds like he's not getting traded. You are going to find an extension with him. Right. Especially with Stevie Cohen's money. Yeah, exactly. And even if you don't sign an extension now, I think there's still a good chance 
he goes to free agency, comes back, whatever. So that's how you feel about it too, kind of. Yeah, just exactly. Like saving face. Right. I I would say that's a good way to put it. Just saving face, because again, you never do want to say never. It's it sucks, cause obviously, because I like Alonzo, but it would be because you know, bad business to not listen. You never know what's he could. He could get hurt very badly. I'm right. not going to say a specific injury yes. because then if that happens, I'm a horrible. But he could get very badly to the point where he's not the same player anymore, and you get traded on a team that buys on the upside of leverage. Right. You know what I mean? So like, you never do want to say never because sports is such Crap rapidly <laughs> evolving yeah. that you never know what's going to happen. Definitely. So I completely agree with that. Yeah. But but this is like the second time he's doubled down on you know that he doesn't think he'll be traded. He doesn't anticipate him being traded. So really, in like the week he's been there. Well, in his opening press conference after they signed him, he was like, you know, I think he will be the opening day first baseman. And then something else that piqued my interest, Boris Boris himself said in his Boris way. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what? I didn't have the quote down, but I, it, it was basically something as extension talks, like with the polar bear or like or non-hibernation or yes, something. That's... Like something like that. Something stupid. And very Boris E. I'll give you a second to see if you can find it. Just just keep going. But basically he said that an extension is not out of the question. And that coming from Boris is pretty big. I they would view say. Pete as a core part of their team. Um da, da, da. we let Stearns know that when it comes to the polar bear, we're not in contract hibernation. We're opening to listening. Pete has directed me to listen to what they have to say. Right. I hate his I the way him. he talks, but regardless, I think from a Boris client, I think that's a that says a lot. I also think it's a thing of Scott Boris is telling him, "You want to be a Met? You want to be a Met? Right? You want to be a Met? Look at how much money you'll get being a Met. Be exactly. a Met. Be a Met. Look how much they paid Lindor. Look how much they paid Scherzer, Verlander. Look how much they were willing to give Correa." I am shocked if he doesn't get extended. Like I am absolutely shocked. Like before the season. Or just I'd be shocked if he wasn't a Met long term. Yes, like he may not get extended before the season, whatever. Just right. leverage, whatever that. Right, but it I happens. would be shocked if he goes to another team. I know, I would be too, and I would be very upset if he wasn't. But again, Scott Boris. Especially with, so I was gonna say, good. especially with Steve Cohen. Steve Cohen knows what makes money. He knows that Alonzo buys tickets. Yeah, he is not gonna let him leave. Yeah, I would hope the same. But coming from a Boris client, that's huge. Obviously, his clients are more used to, I guess, going to free agency. I mean, the only one that top of my head. More willing. Yeah. Steven Strasburg was a Boris client. He was going into free agency, I thought. I thought he. I, I thought him so. and Rendon were both free agents. Because it was the whole thing of which one would you rather keep. Oh, then maybe. Never mind. I'm then. pretty sure they both were free agents. But regardless. Basically, his clients usually don't sign extensions, and him saying that they're listening, I think, is huge. Yeah. But that's all I have on Pete. The next big topic, which shouldn't be a topic, which it shouldn't even be in question. It sh- it's a very easy decision. Mm-hmm. Daniel Vogelback. They are uncertain if he will be given a contract. Get out the 21-gun salute. Yeah. He's a great guy. He obviously brings uh, on-base skill to the table. I still think he should be non-tendered, 
just because he is going to clog up that DH spot. And I don't think you can have him on the bench just because he doesn't bring anything else. He's also that type of guy that needs to play to actually be, like, consistent. Right. Inconsistent with him is... He's an average hitter at best. And, sure, coming off the bench, like, to, for a guy... If you need a guy to get on base, you can call Vogel back and he'll probably do it. I just, he doesn't do anything else. He doesn't run well. He doesn't play any defensive positions. Yeah. Like, it just, it clogs up a roster spot that I just don't think that Mets can waste right now. Yeah. So the deadline to non-tender is in about a week. I don't know if I'm Yeah. A little less than a week. A week from Friday that just passed. So, uh, the 17th. So we'll know by the end of this week. Uh, what's gonna happen We're with Volga back? On Saturday, by the way. Yes. Just so something happens on Sunday. Yeah, Monday exactly. Morning. But uh, I think they should not tender him. Uh, I just I think agree. he's gonna clog up a roster spot. But next up, so obviously Stearns talked to the media. He had a much rather press conference than Cashman. Uh, but the bar was like in hell. Yeah, the bar was set extremely low. Obviously, he said pitching is a priority. Who would have guessed it? But the thing that caught my attention is, I don't have the quotes in front of me, but basically he said that star pitching is not necessarily the answer. Meaning that they can work with signing a few mid-tier guys. You don't need to sign that one big fish, essentially. Which, in this case, would happy. be Yamamoto. Yeah. So that's why I told you to hold your thought, because I'm not sure what Stern's plan is. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if he wants to go that ace pitching route or kind of like that solid pitching route. Because mm-hmm. you can still win with solid starters. You don't need... I can't find the quote, by the way. It's okay. I had a hard time finding it, too. But... Yeah, not necessarily star pitching. So, kind of building off of the mid-tier guys. I think it's also a thing, of, especially with the David Peterson injury. Yeah. Say they, I'm just making up a number when I say this. Say that you have $75 million that you're going to put towards a pitcher. Yeah. You, uh, that's way too much. 60. Let's say 60. You can't afford to give Yamamoto a contract and then sign two other guys if you want them to actually be impact players in your rotation. Right. So I think it's one of those things of like, you can't go. If you, let's do fifty. Fifty is a better number. <laughs> you can't go thirty-five and fifteen because what about the other guy? You're giving the guy zero money. I think it would be a lot better to do like, like twenty, fifteen, fifteen or something like that. Right. Yeah. Because it when you get to the. I'm just throwing numbers out there. By right. the way, I just like. Paint a picture. When you get below like that ten million mark, like, even that fifteen million mark, it's yeah. the weight. It's like the flyer guys, like you know, it's the hunting reuse, the Severinos, Montas, even like kind of trying to catch lightning in a bottle from a guy who had a bad year and or injuries. injuries. Yeah. So I also or think both, most, most often both. Both, yeah. James Pax isn't Pax's agent. Yes. Pax and just. I also think they 
basically tried the whole star pitching thing twice now. Mm-hmm. You know, you had DeGrom Scherzer, obviously didn't work out because DeGrom got injured. You had Scherzer Verlander, obviously didn't work out. So maybe they're looking past, like, all right, that didn't work. Obviously, the pitchers in this market are younger, but that one-two punch didn't work. So maybe oh we God, need okay. to move on to, you know, a average rotation rather than top heavy. That's what I was gonna I was gonna kinda say what you just said, but like the counterpoint is Yamamoto is te- what, twelve years shir- younger than when you signed Scherzer, thirteen years younger? Fifteen. He's a child. <laughs> He's a high schooler. Yeah. Comparatively. The difference. Yeah. It's I think that does have like so much more to do about it because Definitely. you had older guys out of their prime. Definitely. That had in either out of their prime in Scherzer, or injury concerns with Verlander and DeGrom. Right. So I think a guy like Yamamoto is very different than that. So yeah. I think it's – and they do, like, realize it. Right. But – Right. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. But, yeah. And lastly, third base situation. So Stearns basically said that he's probably going to leave it up to Beatty and Mauricio to kind of, like, battle it out. And – you know, he, he's very good in how he says things because basically it was that you're going to have in-house competition, but he wouldn't rule out an external candidate. Mm-hmm. That being Matt Chapman, most likely, or a Justin Turner, who's probably more of a DH. But Matt Chapman, no thank you. I wouldn't mind Chapman if he wasn't looking for a long-term contract over a hundred million. Like he's good for what he does. He's a good defender. He's very streaky, very high strikeouts, that sort of thing. And he doesn't pull the ball for some reason now, which really like killed his home run total last year. But I wouldn't mind Matt Chapman, but he shouldn't be a priority. Like I said, last time I do think third base should be left up for the internal candidates. If you had to say someone who you think is going to be a third baseman, go. Between the two? If you had to give one. I would probably lean Beatty still. Uh-huh. I'm still not high on Mauricio. I still think he strikes out too much. Uh-huh. He doesn't get on base, you know. He played third base a little bit, not a lot. He played second base. I think that you could go into spring training with third base and second base up for grabs. Because uh-huh. you could theoretically move McNeil to a full-time outfield and have Mauricio at second, Beatty at third. Like, if they both have really good spring trainings, I think that could be a way to go. But if I were to guess, I would probably say Beatty, just because he's also just a primary third baseman, mm. you know, Mauricio isn't. So what would you say is at second? Mauricio would be at second. What? I don't know would be at third. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's what I was trying to set you up to say that. Oh. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> yeah, didn't catch that at all. When you were talking at about all. third base, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Well, I'm not sure. <laughs> but, and then obviously the guy who... Kind of didn't get any love. Vientos. Uh, Stearns 
said it like out front. He sees him more as a bat first guy, which is, I think, pretty evident. I think from... that is a fair assessment to be yes. made about Mark Vientos. Yes, I believe so as well. Uh, so he could be an internal DH candidate, backup first baseman type. Do we have any Vogel back at DH? I hope not. He shouldn't be. Enough of this platoon crap. Like I'm so sick of platoons. Like, yeah. Sign a DH. Unless you're the and Rays. let him Unless DH. You are the Rays, yeah. You can't do it. No. I'm so sick of platoon. <laughs> so sick of it. You need a DH. There's gonna be a DH. I think six part, out of seven days. I think part of it is that Vogelback is your primary DH and a part of the platoon, so I think that's part of the reason you don't want to bring him back. Yeah. Like I think if it was like a Jock Pe- like Jock Peterson. Oh I yeah. I would love it so much more to have a platoon. Right. But with Vogelback being the lefty in the platoon, who gets what would you say? Three out of five starts, four out of five starts? Yeah. Se- let's say seven out of ten starts. Yeah. That's I think where the issue that's is. That's the issue. Especially when you're batting him like Five, six. Like, that's just not where he belongs. Regardless, sounds like third base is going to be an internal fight, which I agree with. And then that's all I got for the GM meetings. So player rumors. The fun stuff. The speculation. Yeah. So, Teoscar Hernandez, I talked about last episode. He did not receive a qualifying offer. Interesting. Exactly. I, I thought like the same thing. That. I don't know. It it was twenty million, which is a steepish. Hey, Oscar Hernandez. Right, which is a steepish price, but at the same time, I feel like I doubt he would take it. So I feel like the Mariners kind of missed out on a draft pick there. Mm-hmm. But that works in the Mets' favor because I think the Mets should be looking at him, and obviously, with no qualifying offer, they wouldn't have to give up a draft pick to sign him. So I thought that was interesting, and it just furthers my point and why they should be looking at him. And next, which I also talked about last episode, look at me go. The Brewers sound like they are open for business. Virtually any player is available. That's something I forgot to talk about the Yankees, but yeah, go on. Who does that entail? You know, Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta. You want a salary dump? Christian Yelich. Well, I'm also comparing it to the Yankees. I don't think that Yelich would be a guy you guys would necessarily go after. Mm-hmm. Just because I feel like he's more of the same for you guys. Such as? Like a, a lefty bat that has a lot that has good contact. You know what I mean? I feel like if you're taking on a guy's salary, you'd want to take on a guy's salary that is what you are looking for. Because you're right. saying the whole time, like, all the guys that you're listing as free agent targets are righty outfielders, righty right. outfielders. Why would you want a lefty outfielder just to make that lineup even more left-hand dominant? It's not even that left, lefty dominant. Like, well, you got, the whole thing is you guys need another righty power bat to go with Alonzo. Yeah, and that's more so of the fact that they just can't hit lefties. And obviously, righties are, can hit lefties better. But if you're a lefty, you can hit lefties, and come on, I'm bored. Like, I, I don't care. But obviously, I think think the Yelich thing is a little far-fetched. But obviously, Burns would take up a lot more prospect capital. Mm. But Freddie Peralta could be an interesting find. He obviously has some injury concerns. How uh, how this splits? How are we looking? 
Not good? Really? Are you looking at career or last year? 2023. Okay. Because career, I feel like, would be skewed with, like, two Fair years. enough. 2023, he had 294 against righties and 234 against lefties. Hmm. How, how's that uh, OPS looking? I'm looking for it right now. Whereas, because you got to... I, I don't like the way that fan graphs is sometimes. He has a 139 WRC plus against righties, 73 against lefties. Ooh. Yikes. You got your platoon bat. No, thank you. But but that's... A, that's yeah. You get what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I just don't think that would be a right fit. Not, I love... I think he'd be a perfect player for the Yankees. Yeah. I just don't think he's a fit for the Mets. Mets, yeah. That's fair. I think also I'm just thinking how to bring down the price, basically. Like, if you take on the majority contract. Uh-huh. But... I could see that. I, I could see it, but... I, I don't know if that's the right move. Yeah. Because I think you guys just got so many prospects that you could, you'd be fine just trading those guys. Yeah, that's also true. And then, last but not least, the White Sox are also open for business. Mm-hmm. And that is really the calling card for Mr. Dylan Cease, who, personally, I'm not a fan he's Blake of. Blake Snell on crack. Yeah, he's the righty Blake Snell. He walks a ton of guys. He's a better Righty Blake Snell. I wouldn't say better. He's had one good year. Well, it's more of a thing of Blake Snell is so up and down. Yeah. Like, you're going to tell me Blake Snell has two Cy Youngs. They're just going to have know. two Cy Youngs. I know. <laughs> that, that just doesn't I make sense. I can't believe it. But I can't believe it. But I think they also said Eloy Jimenez is, oh, is also available. That would be. Obviously, he's a fit. But injuries. Oh, my. Injuries. But Cease and Jimenez, that kind of mm-hmm. works a little bit. But there is no shot this happens. But anything on Robert? I did not see anything about Robert. Imagine a Cease, Cease Lou Bob package. That would because I'm a just lot. I don't think that's I don't think that's gonna happen. Yeah. I don't think it's like remotely close. To yeah, happening. if they're keeping someone, they're keeping. Yeah, Robert. but I'm just thinking. Imagine the possibility of that. Yeah, but I'm not very high on Cease. I don't. Like his outlook, I think he just walks too many guys. Um, I said it last year too, going into this year to myself at least, <laughs> that I didn't like how many guys he walked and kind of sh- caught up to him. I think this year he has a career three eight year, right? Huh. And again, he's only had one spectacular year. You know, I feel like the White Sox are gonna want like a lot in return for. Probably gonna sell him as ace level stuff when he's probably a better two three two three yeah. It's tough because it's like so tough because like he is durable. Yeah. The last three years, thirty two starts, thirty two starts, thirty three starts. Thirty three. In twenty twenty one and twenty twenty three, that was tied with the league lead. Right. But then you also look at his innings. Right. In 2021, when he tied the league in start or game started, 165 innings. This year, 177. Last year, 184. Right. And that's mm-hmm. while having 32 and 33 starts. Yeah, like he does not. He can't go deep. A lot. Which again is another issue for the Mets. The Mets need someone who can actually go deep into starts, like mm-hmm. Aaron Nola. But that's besides the point. Something interesting too. His FIP is. Six eight. 
points lower. Like his ERA point? this year, point eight lower. Really? So what's his that? His ERA is four five eight, and then FIPS three seven two. So about eight. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. I, I don't think off the top of my head, I'm not sure, but I don't think the White Sox had that great of a defense, so that kind of makes sense. I just. I don't yeah. Know. No. I interesting. Have it up, so I'm yeah. Looking at the no, numbers. definitely. But, yeah. Um, that's all I got for that. Uh, yeah. Fun times. I didn't even think about him. That's a very interesting name. Cease? Yeah, yeah, very interesting name. Definitely. I think you're definitely looking for upside there. So. Led the league in walks twice, by the way. Yeah. Led no. the league in wild pitches two times yeah. also. Control. And those Horrible. two times were in two different years. Horrible. 2020 and 2022, he led the league in walks. And 2021, 2023, he led the league in wild pitches. So he's... Going based off this, he's going to lead the league in walks next year. <laughs> Which I think is just... Is incredible not... analysis. Yes, thank you. <laughs> put the, no, put the, but... Put the house on it. Yeah, exactly. It seems like an every other year type of thing. Yeah. I mean, hey, then he'd be great next year. Fair enough. But yeah, so... Off-season's just beginning. This is just the start. We haven't even scratched the surface... We're just grasping at straws yeah. and just, like, anything that comes out of us. It's like a hamster. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be a really weird analogy. I it's know like, what you're talking like about. It's like a hamster with, like, a little watering tank. It's like yep. 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 You're just waiting. Just waiting for some, some sustenance. I think that – do you have anything else to say? Not really. I think that <laughs> – so I'll close it on this. Sure. Yeah, go ahead. I think that nothing's going to happen until Yamamoto signs. Yep. Whether it be Yankees, whatever. I just think that the way – because we were talking about this earlier – the way that I see it is that he is the guy in this free agency. And oh, his yeah. market's not really going to be affected by other guys signing because he's coming over from Japan. Right. So I don't really think – and there's no – there's some Japanese pitchers that are coming over, but no one even close to his level. Yeah. And another thing, too, is the posting thing. Yep. So posting how it works fee. is he's going to be posted within about a week. Yeah, give like take. That. He has 45 days to sign. If you know anything about that, we'll be off season. It's long. Yes. So just doing like rough numbers, he's probably gonna sign before the new year. Yeah. I think that when he signs, everything happens. Frenzy. I think yeah. that that's how it's gonna go because pretty much every team that's in on Soto, Bellinger, pretty much all the top guys, they're in on Yamamoto. Yeah. So I think that, and he is that type of guy that you build your off season around him, and if you don't get him, you have to change your entire plan. Yeah. So I think that's kind of what is gonna happen. I think that's fair. I think it's going to be between him and Otani. I forget he's a free agent. Yeah, exactly. It's just not going to happen for either team. So yeah, I, like I know. Start... I know. It sucks, too, because I'd love to talk about him. But it, but from a pitching perspective, they're going to wait on Yamamoto. From a hitter's mm-hmm. perspective, it's probably going to be Otani slash Bellinger. Mm-hmm. Ben- Bellinger will probably wait on Otani. Whatever. So, got a long ways to go. But we'll keep you guys updated. Yeah. Our thoughts and our expert analysis. Expert analysis by looking at baseball reference for two seconds. Yes. Yes. No one else can do that. Just us. Only us. Yes. But anything else? Um, we're gonna find out who's getting punished next week. Most likely yes. you. Most likely, yeah. Yeah. Our, our awards this week? Yeah, they should be. Coming no? something like that, yeah, I think so. Should be within a week or two. I think that they're this week. If they're yeah. not this week, it'll be next week, and then soon, <laughs> soon, soon. So we'll see how that goes. 
Uh, I don't like my chances, so we'll see. I love my chances. I'm sure you do. But is that it? Yeah. Ah. No? Yeah? No? Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for watching. Uh, as always, reminder to subscribe so you keep up to date. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Follow, well, X. Sorry. X. X. Mark Spot. Follow us on TikTok and Spotify. But thank you guys for watching, and we will see you, hear you. We won't hear them. No, you we will hear us. Yeah. You will see us and hear us in the next episode. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.